Welcome to Seem Better with your hosts, Clayton, Caleb, and Alex. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Seen Better. Welcome. We are your hosts, Aloha. Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. You got you got a list off. List off what? I, I list My off achievements. you. You have to list off someone else. Oh. Uh, I like to thank our sponsor, Jack Daniel Whiskey. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> no, I mean, okay. Clayton, Caleb, and Alex. That's what I... Well, like, I okay. said Clayton, so then you would have had to say, like, Alex and then. Oh, okay, okay. But that didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of things don't work out. Yeah, I've worked out in like a week and a half. Same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been away, so far away. Just away. got back from Idaho, but like not like the close kind of Idaho, like the way down, way down under Idaho. The chunk? Yeah, from the chunk. <laughs> from the chunk. Yeah. Caleb was out chunking. Sure, yeah. More like a camp, but yeah. yeah. I wasn't actually camping, but I was at a camp, mm. so to speak. What is the threshold between a camp and camping? I think it's six. But this episode, we are talking about <laughs> what? Train to Busan. The horror, uh, I don't know what it's called. Horror film. Action horror film. It's a zombie movie. Um, yeah, came out in 2016. It's 118 minutes long. It's <clears throat> located in South Korea. The language is South Korean, or, or I mean Korean, not South Korean. Surprising. It's Korean. So, sadly, there are just subtitles. <laughs> um, the budget was $8.5 and they more than 10 times that um, with a box office of $98.5 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but before we get into the episode, next week we are talking about an animated movie that we all know and love. Finding Nemo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of yeah. my absolute favorites. Little old Nemo and old Melvin. His name is Melvin, right? No. No. Marmon? No. Marmon. Ah, uh, shoot. What is it? Marleo. Marlin. 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 I was close. Yep. Marlin, Marvin, Mervin. <laughs> yep. That'll be dropping next week on Tuesday. Yeah. Same time as normal. If you haven't followed her Instagram, we post pretty regularly on there. Last week, I didn't because I was out of cell service so but holy cow if you guys have never taken a week off of just your phone do it Whew. it's pretty rejuvenating yeah i'm way behind on podcasts though (laughs) so yeah yeah (laughs) this week train to Busan. if you haven't seen it i'd suggest you go see it i mean you probably don't need to honestly just because it ends probably how you'd expect yeah probably yeah. yeah, but we are going to be spoiling the movie, so, so you better have watched it. Better watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, uh, included with Prime subscription, um, at least for now. For now, hopefully yeah. when this episode releases, <laughs> unless they, they just, like, take it off. Yeah. yeah, they're listening and they're like, "Oh, we got to take that off." Yeah, I don't know. Why. Usually though, they tell you like a month ahead of time before they take it off, though. Oh, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, they they didn't say anything, so I don't think they're going to take it off at least anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So, next week, stay tuned, follow our Instagram, review us, all that kind of stuff. Let's get into the episode, Clayton. Yeah. I think this has a really interesting setting, at least for a zombie movie, specifically. 
in Korea? How well, I mean, Korea I mean, well, like, I mean, the train, the train, oh, specifically. Okay. So, like, yeah, when you think about movies or like zombie movies, you don't, like, you obviously you don't think about trains. But like, when you think about a setting for a zombie movie, like, what do you think about? Like an old rustic town, like somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, kind of. Yeah. So you think of like more open spaces mm-hmm. or cities. Yeah. 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 But like this movie has, it's ninety-five percent of it. Is on a train. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, close enough. Because <laughs> <clears throat> it's 118 minutes, and 10% of that is 11 minutes. You yeah. know, pretty much just train. So Yeah, which I think was a really cool idea to base this movie on that, because, like, with just a lot of zombie movies, the, a lot of the tension is lost because of just how much space the people had to move around. Yeah. And I think also the fact that that it is in Korea makes it more interesting just on the fact that people in South Korea don't have guns. They don't. No, no. they don't. I think it's like two out of every a thousand people in South Korea have a gun or something. Wow. Well, I think it's mostly just law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. And so if, if you have something like that, you're in law enforcement because normal people don't have that because general transportation is so guaranteed that it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, so take a movie like, uh, oh, what's that? What's that zombie movie with Woody Harrelson? The zombie love thing. Zombieland. Zombieland. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so like, take a movie like Zombieland, for instance, where I haven't seen it in a long time, but a lot of the movie is like they have more open spaces mm-hmm. and they have guns, so they have plenty of room to move around and they can kill the zombies at a distance. Hmm. Now contrast that with Train to Busan, where everyone is in these really tight spaces with just people crammed in there and no one has guns the only thing people have are bats and then just random things they can find Hmm. and so i think that really raises the tension in this movie because everything is so close and personal i think that's part of the reason i like this movie is because it's i find it so interesting for a zombie movie i think it's just what this movie does well that a lot of zombie movies don't is it doesn't take itself all that seriously. And I think the focus of the film is to be, like, fun. Yeah. Because hmm. I, I I think it's a very fun movie to watch. Yeah. A lot of, like, the action side pieces aren't too... I don't know if, like, aggressive is the right word, but they're, they're more focused on being, like, a fun movie to watch than anything, I think. Yeah. I think it's... I think it's just an interesting scenario that they have because while the outbreak is happening all around them, your characters are currently on a train. And so you can go to the car to the left of you or to the car to the right of you. And preferably you're going to be making progress to where there aren't any more zombies. And so you have this very Mm -hmm. like lateral progression that's going on. But with that lateral progression, you're putting more and more zombies behind you, but also more and more zombies after you. Yeah, so it's it's sort of like a metaphorical sense in that way, and that like the characters are always progressing in yeah. some sense. I mean, some people don't progress; they just digress and digress, like in terms yeah. of their ethics, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the the one dude who's like sucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yung Yung Suk or something like that. I don't. Know. I'm not even gonna try to 
say these people's names because I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to butcher all of them. But, yeah, let's talk about the the, the themes a bit. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys would agree, but I think it was pretty obvious that the main theme of this movie was uh, selfishness versus selflessness. Yeah. yeah. Self-sacrifice. Yeah. And it was prevalent throughout, like, the entirety of the mm-hmm. movie. Like, pretty much every scene was about, are you going to be selfish or are you going to be selfless? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there was a... Um, the... There's one line that the guy... I'm not going to try to say his name, but the, the guy in, like, the blue jacket... Yeah. One of his lines is um, kind of in... in um, it points out the fact that the main character is not actually self-sacrificial in his fatherhood. Um, he goes, dads get all the um, crap. I say lightly. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to use the word because this is a family-friendly podcast, so to speak. Um, dads get all the <laughs> crap and no praise. It's all about self, self-sacrifice, right? When um, the main character isn't actually self-sacrificial because mm-hmm. he doesn't take time to be there, um, think about what his daughter wants, he buys her a Wii twice. Yep, because he doesn't spend enough time with her to know <laughs> that he already bought that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, 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 when it showed the Wii, I was like, oh, oh yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big L, dad. Yeah, then you messed up. <laughs> he, he adds on and he's like, oh, but she'll understand when she's older. And it's like, I guess, yeah. but also the moment if you are a father and you have a daughter and the moment she's older, that's when you realize if you've taught her well. Yeah. You know, it's I like, mean, that's kind of a two, a double-edged sword too, because like, yes, she'll grow to appreciate that you are hardworking, but she's still not going to appreciate that yeah. you're never there. Well, and then she's also not going to want to spend time with you and you do. Because as she gets older, your job's... I mean, in theory, is going to get easier, and then you'll have more time. But if she grew up spending no time with you, what's going to change? She's mm-hmm. going to learn to be sufficient without you, and to seek confirmation and and you know just acceptance from other people. So she's going to fill that void, no matter what. And so, yes, provide for your family, but also be there because if you're not, they'll fill that void somewhere else. And then the moment you're ready to step into the family again they're going to be like, we don't need you. Yeah. I I heard a really great saying a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not saying it exactly, but it's something along the lines of, the only people who are going to remember that you overworked are your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. when you're, you're never there for your kids, your boss is never going to remember that in 10 years. Your coworkers aren't going to remember that. The only people who are going to remember and who are going to care is your kids and they're going to think negatively of you. Yeah. Yeah. Got to be present. And it, it is hard, you know, <clears throat> I would assume. Like, Well, I mean, in some ways I can already see how that is because giving up, um, giving up certain things to be there for friends or um, something else. But, I mean, with a family, it's so much more important because you're raising souls. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, like you're doing the building, like in friendships you do building up, but like with the family, like you're laying bricks. Yeah, you're putting for down the, a foundation. For the bricks that yeah. other people are gonna put on top. So well, and like yeah. that foundation needs to be sturdy. Mm-hmm. After after he found out he gave his daughter a wee for the second time, his mom played a video of his daughter 
at school who she was going to sing a song that she learned for him and then when she realized that he wasn't there she didn't sing the song at all mm. and so it's like or the, wait didn't she but she like messed it up or something she, well she started right she noticed that he wasn't there she messed up and then she she refused to sing the song oh, okay. well she started and then realized he wasn't there yeah yeah and stopped it's like I've seen I've seen a lot of videos um, online where it's um, some kid at some kind of graduation or performance, and they're they're just like there, and they're just like kind of look sad, and then they like look to the audience and see like their dad, and they're like, and they just like mm. light up, and it's mm-hmm. like so, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, as the the dad, they might not realize it, but it it mm. says a lot. Yeah, because well, as... you gotta you gotta provide for yeah you gotta provide financially. And with the material, but you also got to provide emotionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming from like, you know, not really having a dad until I moved up here to Washington, having a parent that shows up to your events beats out anything else that happened that day. Mm-hmm. You could have won a game. You could have taken first in something. If your dad's there or if you have your parents that are there and they don't normally get to make it to something, that's all that matters. Yeah. You don't care whether you won, whether you lost, whether you failed a test that day because your dad showed up. Mm. Yeah. Cause I mean, as people, as humans, what we really want is connection. <laughs> yeah. We're not looking for wins necessarily. We're looking for community and other people to pour into us mm-hmm. specifically parents. Yeah. Which is why there's so much hurt in our country currently because there's such a big parenting crisis. Mm-hmm. There's such a, a big void in everybody's lives that they're just trying to fill with other things mm-hmm. and they can't fill it. Yeah. The one part of that I thought was super interesting was that, um, that like older woman who is like always helping others before yourself, good riddance. And then just like kills the entire train car. I don't know if that yeah. was necessary. <laughs> it, it was a statement cause her friend, her friend died. So that, our main characters could get through the car right she she held it she helped hold the door open and then they get forced into a different train car and you know this this older lady she's left without her friend and she sees how selfish these people are being you know she's like selfish all of them you know useless people and so rather than kind of like let them keep their selfish ways and destroy everybody else on this train she gives them over to their greed mm-hmm. hmm. I think that part specifically is a statement on the older generation giving up on the younger generation because they see the younger ge- generation just screwing up everything and they're like okay well I'm not going to help any hmm. it's like, I'm not going to contribute anything I'm just going to check out like a lot of old people do. So they're like, well, mm-hmm. I don't like the way this country is going, so they're on their own. So I think that might have been what they were kind of going after with that. Because there's, they have like three different groups in the train. You have like those two older women. You have the uh, all the middle-aged people. And then you have the, the daughter and the baseball team with that one girl, all like the young kids. Mm-hmm. I think those represent just like, the demographics in society and how they uh, encounter traumatic events. So, like, take for instance that the uh, the baseball team is the first to encounter the zombie when it gets on the train. I think 
uh, that has to do with the issues in society generally first are encountered by the younger generation before mm. they're encountered by the older. Interesting. Yeah. Which might be, uh, I don't know, that might be me looking into it a bit too much, but that, that could be what it's trying to say. Because mm. this movie has a lot to say about just society in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things that is around that same part of the movie is like the majority does not mean that's true. That is true. Yeah. Because there was the one part where everyone on that on that car is screaming at them like you guys just are, leave. Yeah. You're infected. When there's like five guys versus like 15 or 30 or whatever it was. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Um, and they're just like standing there and like because I mean it's true because you could be right and everyone else in the room could be saying something different and they're wrong yeah so yeah well so the 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 coo played off of people's fear and used deceit to his advantage because unnecessary people died in that confrontation all Mm -hmm. because he wanted to close the door on them and make sure that they couldn't get through because he was afraid that he wasn't going to make it out alive yeah so he tries to close the door he has people help him close the door so the the person who is teaching our fa- the the father of the daughter to be this person of sacrifice and is helping this character grow puts his life on the line to get this door like to hold the door closed while they're trying to get the next door open and if the COO hadn't convinced these people that they were infected which i mean logically you could have been able to see if they're if they're going through the doors and the zombies are chasing them more than likely they're not infected yeah but he played off of people's fear and his own fear and he used deceit to his advantage to trap these people in between these cars oh yeah he was well aware that they were not infected yeah mm-hmm. he, and then he he uses that he sees that somebody dies and then they get through through by using brute force and are you know the father of the daughter goes over to the COO, punches him it's like why did you do that he didn't have to die and then he once again uses deceit and plays off of people's fears by saying look in this guy's eyes he's infected they needed to leave when mm-hmm. if people had taken a chance to look at his eyes his eyes looked exactly like everybody else's that's racist <laughs> <laughs> thank you caleb yeah. but I like think, yeah nothing was wrong with these people it was just because the coo wanted to preserve his life above everybody else's and so he was twisting everybody else's fear into making sure that he would make it out alive mm-hmm. yeah and what i what i find really interesting about this movie is it sort of has like a an angel and devil on the shoulder kind of scenario with the protagonist the the guy in the blue blazer and then the coo those two respectfully being the angel and the and the devil uh-huh. to where like the main character starts out basically as the COO just super selfish guy and I think the movie hints at that he is the reason that the virus started in the first place yeah with those the phone bin- calls yeah because at the bin- at the beginning of the movie he tells his assistant to pull funds out of the uh, I guess whatever testing yeah, area they had a that testing the virus started they were doing something with yeah, and so then we find out when he's in the in the bathroom with the other two guys that it started from that lab. So I think it's 
I think it's pretty likely that he started the virus, like specifically him. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was clear that they were testing something on animals, but they don't really say what, and you don't really learn what was going on except for these brief texts and phone calls and emails that get shown. Mm. And so he's he's struggling with this, uh, <clears throat> like, did he really cause this, or was he just obeying orders and doing his job? Yeah. I think, yeah, going along with the. Uh angel and devil on the shoulder how the the guy in the blue blazer sort of acts like as a mentor to the protagonist mm-hmm. and sort of he's almost he's almost sort of like a father figure in a sense yeah mm-hmm. not in like the providing way but in like showing him how to actually be a man <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah. so he and pretty much every part of the movie that has like the uh Oh, like, you know, the heroic character. That's always him, who's a side character, which I think is super interesting. Yeah. Because you take most zombie movies, or just, like, action movies in general, the main character is the one who's just, like, the total boss and just is able to take out enemies right and left. But in this, they have him as a side character, which I think is a really cool idea. And so they have him basically mentoring the protagonist. Yeah. Bringing him away from being the, the COO. And, like, that scene you mentioned in the train or it's all in the train but (laughs) (laughs) in the train cart where he punches the CO I think that's the exact moment when he when he switches gears and learns to be selfless Mm -hmm. because the guy in the blue blazer has died and now he is filling that space yeah and him punching the COO is him sort of symbolically punching his old self yeah in a sense well, and he was he was being continuously taught throughout the whole movie. I mean, the guy in the blue blazer constantly saved this guy. Didn't have to. Constantly putting himself in danger. Yeah, just so this guy and his daughter could be safe. Yeah, and there was the, um, I don't know, I just found this part funny. The the scene when they're trying to lock the lock the door in like the airport. Oh, room. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because those things are really hard to lock. I don't know if you guys have ever, like, like on a restaurant door. You guys obviously don't work in restaurants. But those nope. things are, like they're really even without zombies pushing they look it. hard because <laughs> you, you have to like get it like perfectly right yeah I just and it's, it's funny, funny too because right as they run away the zombies break through yeah, <laughs> yeah. they spent all that time to lock it and then they break through and it's like oh yeah 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 there 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 was some of those parts for yeah you're like okay yeah sure. i think that's that's where they really just embrace the fun of the movie mm-hmm. They're like, you know, let's make it kind of ridiculous in these parts. <laughs> like the, the, the window breaking above the train. Yeah. That yeah. looks a bit um, zombie movie-esque. I mean, yeah, well, just pouring also, out like a liquid. From like the locking the door standpoint, it also kind of, kind of makes sense. Because like if we're running, right, I'm not going to leave the door unlocked. I'm going to try and lock it because it's going to give me a peace of mind for at least, I don't know, 10 seconds that they're not going to be able to chase me. It doesn't matter if the door breaks. I'm already running away. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. COO sucks. <laughs> oh my goodness, dude is absolutely yeah, terrible. He he killed the, um, well killed um, by, what do you call that? Not causation, correlation, or I don't know. Hmm? He caused the death of a lot of people. A lot oh, of people. Yeah, yeah. So there was the death of um, the, um, the two the two um, like baseball kids, the girl and the guy. Yeah. There was the death of the conductor. There was eventually the death of spoiler the protagonist. 
mm-hmm. there was the death of um the the one blue blue um blue, blue blazer no one of the, the like not flight attendants the but conductor train attendants when he's like oh yeah he clear? pushed them out of the bathroom he's like, is it clear and he's like yeah oh. go for yeah. it go ahead opens the door shoves him into a zombie and he's dead it's like mm-hmm. and then you know I'm sure there was others I can't remember anymore right now yeah there's but. probably more yeah I'm like I'm sure the person who plays the character is fine but I have a general dislike for the character which means he did a good job in his role oh yeah yep. yeah dude killed it I hated him <laughs> yeah <laughs> he didn't just kill it he killed it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah and then guy in the blue blazer loved him he was yeah. awesome yeah yeah. He's, yeah he was built dude yeah. Dude, that was insane. Yeah. Nothing I also find really interesting about going along with the uh, sacrifice part of it is how the little girl and the pregnant woman are the only ones to survive, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you would not expect. And that only happens because of the others sacrificing yeah. themselves. Well, it happens because the men choose to stand up and do yeah. what's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, the, um, the naming of... So there's a whole, there's a lot about flowers. Uh, I'm learning this as I'm like looking up names and stuff. So um, oh, interesting. The the blue blazer guy right as he's about to die, he's like, the name of our daughter, and he gives a name, and it's um, uh, Su Yun Su Yun. Um, Is that the name of the daughter, the main character? The no, the pregnant woman, like the new. No, no like, but did he? Did the guy in the blue blazer? want to name his daughter after the daughter of the protagonist no okay i couldn't um, remember i thought that might have been the case yeah so um i'm sure that names means something to the korean audiences uh <laughs> yeah so the it's Su suyan is i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but that's the name of um that's the name of what he's wants to name the daughter Mm. Um, and it it has to do. It's called a um a it means like a perfect lotus flower, and it has to do with like new beginnings, and then also uh people uh people with the name Su Yun are usually Christian by religion, which is interesting. Huh. huh. I wonder if that's so, intentional. Probably not, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> interesting fact. Yeah. So perfect, perfect. Uh. Lotus flower symbolizes purity, overcoming adversity, and rebirth. Which is interesting because... Yeah. I mean, in a symbolic sense, that kind of represents, like, the rebirth of society. Yeah. With the daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, um, the the girl singing the song, uh, as it glided through the tree, is still following ever the bid. The something in Hawaiian, the veil is a Hawaiian song. Um, uh, we'll meet again with the flowers bloom until we meet again yeah so the song has to do with flowers as well mm. um so i just thought that was interesting yeah interesting yeah because that's something you would really not pick up unless you're korean yeah in a sense yeah. or studying the film yeah. yeah casual american viewer would not would not catch that yeah so. i just since he said the name of the like this, yeah. this is the name of i'm like well, I gotta look this up now. Yeah, what does that what does that, that mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when you see repeating words in the Bible, and you're like, hmm, let me let me let me let me let me slow down and actually like read this, you know? Because yeah. I think I think it, I was trying to tell something. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and I think 
uh, departing from the uh, the sacrifice part of the movie, I think this movie also talks a lot about uh, like societal divide. Because mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much everybody in the movie fits into like a, I guess, sort of a demographic. We have uh, like Korean or zombie, or <laughs> well, uh, I guess I mean, but I'm, I guess I mean like the people are usually either rich middle class or like hobos yeah cause there's the one hobo who's living for a while and then he's like stay in school or you're gonna end up like that guy I think that was the COO who's talking to the daughter yeah yeah and the daughter's like my mom says that people like you are bad <laughs> or something <laughs> like that mm-hmm. yeah but the hobo is really interesting cause like you just don't expect the hobo to be like a genuine good character yeah but then he's one of the characters who sacrifices himself, yeah. who sacrifices yeah. his life to let the pregnant woman mm-hmm. run free. Mm-hmm. And also, like, another little moment is when the main character is, like, wrestling with a zombie, and then he p- throws a coat over the zombie so the protagonist yeah. can get yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that kind of flips, like, our expectations on our heads about... I mean, the director's talking to the Korean people, and I think Korea does have somewhat of a homelessness problem. So I guess speaking to the fact that, like... The I guess the Korean audiences don't expect much of homeless people. So he's like, hey, here is a homeless man with morals. And then sort of contrasting that with the the rich, like the protagonist or the COO, who are both extremely selfish, at least in the beginning for the protagonist. Hmm. Yeah. I think kind of going along that on more of a symbolic I guess more of like a symbolic way is <clears throat> I, I guess this only kind of works in this movie but I think the zombies are sort of symbolic of society hmm. and that and how the, the rich see everything is as like a, a doggy dog world how ambition matters more than anything and that sort of is a dichotomy with the zombies how they're all clamoring over each other and trying to get towards the humans how they're not on a team with each other, like functionally they are, but specifically they're on their own. Yeah. And they're trying to get ahead of everything I else. mean, it, it shows them toppling over each other, climbing over each other, walking mm-hmm. over each other, just because they, they are all, like, they're not, they're all a team because they're all zombies, but they're not working together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't know they're on a team. They're just like, I see a human, I'm going to go bite them. Yeah, so, um, Seal... The city of... Seoul. Okay. I don't know. Seoul? S-E-O-U-L, the capital (laughs) of South Korea. I think it's where the Olympics were a couple years ago. It's got a population of 10 million, um, and it's only got an an estimated 2,600 people on the streets or in shelters, um, which is far fewer than a lot of major U.S. cities. Oh, yeah. But it's got um, 166,000 in low-income or government-owned apartments, and then another 320,000 who live um, out of sight in substandard forms of housing, including something that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. So, yeah, so it's not like a lot of homeless people, but it's a lot of poor living situations. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Well, yeah, business status is a pretty big thing over there. Yeah. So the higher you are in business, you know, you can afford a nice car. If you can afford a nice car, people notice, that means you're high up in business. And so it really comes down to like the whole blazers and non-blazers and you've seen these people on, on the train and what they're wearing 
and it's it really is a subtlety towards the whole like think people pay attention to class there a lot and it's not necessarily a good thing because the guy in the blue blazer um asked the main character's daughter what is what her dad did and she's like oh he's a fund manager and he's like oh so your dad's a bad person you know he just doesn't say yeah. it he doesn't say it like that but so he's like a leech or something yeah and his wife hits him and says don't say that in front of his daughter and she's like oh it's okay it's what everybody thinks yeah you know so it's like not upper class doesn't necessarily mean you're a good person <laughs> but you can still you can still make that choice mm-hmm. you know but like classes is closely related to status and it's looked on in good ways and bad ways whether you like it or not yeah because that's that's pretty prevalent in a lot of eastern culture of just how like ambition over everything and that's where like the stereotype of you know asian parents mm-hmm. getting mad at their kids for not getting for, like A's getting a b on everything yeah. like yeah it's a stereotype but that's also based in yeah a true part of asian culture that like they're all about the results and work ethic and being ambitious and so this movie kind of flips it on its head that like ambition is not everything if you're just a selfish jerk yeah yeah i want to bring up the the conductor because i think he's awesome hmm. i mean when the when they got to the train station where they couldn't go anymore mm-hmm. the guy just went out by himself yeah to find another train yeah. well on on yeah. the intercom he's like you guys stay here i'm gonna go find a train i'll let you guys know or like i'll try and pull the train up as close as possible and at that point if anybody is still alive run to this next train yeah and plus for the entire movie he doesn't know if anybody's alive on the train yeah and but he's still doing his job and like dude's a rock star i love him <laughs> yeah and he dies yeah yeah because guess who betrays him C-O-O. yeah I mean, he sort of sacrifices himself, not in like a very dramatic way, but he does put himself in danger, yeah, even he, if it's for the COO. He goes to try to help the COO, and the COO takes him and tosses him to the zombies. Yeah. It's kind of like the um, in the notebook when the fiance, you know, sacrifices his life for his fiance, you know, the girl. Yeah, and she, way, and she and takes like, it and tosses it. In I'll the take trash. you back, and then she's like, "Ha, no, throw I'm throwing <laughs> you to the zombies. <laughs> Going to yeah. live with my lover boy." Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go watch that episode if you haven't. Or listen, <laughs> go watch that. It yeah. still that still makes me upset. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah. But uh, the daughter, other protagonist, she well, she helps him. The protagonist become more self-sacrificial mm-hmm. there's the part um when the blue collar guy is about to die um and she like is running to help close the door or something and then the dad steps in he's like okay well i can't let my yeah. daughter be more so like lay down her life you know mm-hmm. so yeah the he actually picks up his bootstraps you know yeah the daughter's name means beautiful water by the way hmm no. And you use water to make flowers. Well, grow. that's what I was thinking. It's like water is, well, like it, it's a loose connection. I was like, well, water can be used to nourish and to, like, especially for plants, it gives them life. And right? mm-hmm. so, like, I wonder if it's like a hint towards the daughter knows how to act. She is with this mother who no longer has, you know, her husband, but she still has this baby. Yeah. And so now the daughter of the the fund manager is there to help the mom, like, not 
take place of the father, but to help recall the story and to give life to this daughter that her father was an amazing man. Yeah. Well, at least by the end of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the daughter brings up an interesting topic of how a lot of the characters in this movie are foils. Mm -hmm. And I think kind of flat, which I would normally have a problem with, but somehow they make it work in this movie. Because most of the characters besides the protagonist don't really change throughout the movie. Hmm. They're kind of like, pretty much everyone is a foil for the protagonist, I feel like. And I'm not sure why it works, but somehow it works that most of the characters are flat. Maybe it's because they all die. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I think, yeah, I guess having this, this movie is just being so symbolic and metaphorical about the selfishness versus selflessness divide. Mm. that it's almost like a like a parable or a fable or something yeah in a sense but with zombies i feel like another very prevalent thing or not not at least very prevalent but it was there was misinformation there's the whole mm. um um where the the government guy i don't know president i'm guessing was talking and he was like um just go go and um quarantine yourself and um like this isn't actually a problem ignore these weightless rumors when it's showing these like videos of yeah it's helicopters got, dropping zombies on people it's got like footage of the city being decimated yeah and then yeah. he's just like the issue is under control yeah when anyway, in fact the issue is not under control yeah, at all very much not under control also were they was the government trying to like kill people because they were dro- there was helicopters dropping zombies. So like, what was that? Well, I, well, I think, think the zombies were on the heli- like the helicopters were trying to take off and they climbed onto the bottom. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought the scene was funny because like just imagine you're that kid, you hit a sick kickflip and then the zombie just falls <laughs> the zombie out of the sky. Falls yeah. down? Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, what, what do you do story. in that situation? Like, you, you don't you die. <laughs> you give up, bro. It's like, well, uh, my death has been airdropped to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's funny. Yeah. No, I don't necessarily think the government was trying to kill people unless they were in charge of those experiments that went awry. But I do think they were trying to downplay it a lot. Yeah. Like, it's quarantine not an issue. Yeah, it's not an issue. You see those people outside? Just don't, don't get near them. Don't open your door. Keep your windows closed. Quarantine yourself. And it'll all be fine. And it'll all be fine. I'll be fun. Yeah. Or you say fine. Fine. Oh, I think it'll, <laughs> it'll all be fun. It'll be fun. You'll have fun. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, we want to move on to the technical stuff. I know you got a lot to say, Alex. Oh, I love this movie <laughs> for its technical aspects. Man, I got to say, though, some stuff was a little bit iffy. Just a like bit, yeah. a little with bit. the windows. Okay. Yeah. I, the problem I have, the windows at the start mm. of the movie looked mm. like they were like fiberglass or like mm. that kind of glass that like bends because the glass was bending. And then later yeah. in the movie, I think it was... I don't remember exactly when, but the glass started to crack, and then I'm like, wait. Oh, was that when all the zombies were on it? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, there were multiple times where there were zombies on it. Okay. And then there's one time where then it started to crack, and then, like, it seems like all the windows after that started to crack. Yeah. Well, so. Yeah. I get what you're saying. (laughs) How windows like that work? If If they're regular glass windows, I would agree with what was going on, right? Their tensile strength shouldn't be that strong. But in those metro ports airports and especially on trains and where they were like on the glass and everything 
that's a different type of glass entirely. It's more of like a safety glass. It's not meant to even shatter like that. It's meant to break apart into pieces, but it has a higher tensile strength. So it should last a little longer. Like a couple bodies, it's not great to have people falling on windows. But <laughs> yeah, this don't is recommend like, that. This is like that like three inch thick, you know, panel glass that they'll use for like airplanes or like in an insane asylum where they're like afraid that people are going to try and throw themselves out the window. Mm. That's the type of stuff they put in on those areas. Like stuff that is supposed to resist a lot and a lot of force and a lot, a lot of pressure. And mm. so they clearly did it just to speed things along. And for the sake of the movie, yes. But also, if they're using regular glass, that's not up to spec. Yeah. But there, there is the part, though, where the train's outside and all the zombies are, like, falling through. Yes. And then all the windows, separate windows, break, break at the at same once. time. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is like, oh, okay, that's okay. That's no good. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, but which, that's, yeah. that's no I don't good. think that hinders the movie, but it was like, mm, yeah, I don't see it. But. One error I did <laughs> see when he was watching the videotape of his daughter. Oh, singing? Yeah. There yeah. was a green reflection on his thumb. <gasps> green screened in. Oh, no. I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like this is that big of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie sucks because of that one mistake. Yeah. Green <laughs> reflection. Uh, uh Yikes. Such amateurs making this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else, Alex? Did you? Have? Um. Well, so so right in the beginning of the movie, when the farmer is going past the sanitization point, and he's, you know, he's really ticked off. He's like, "You better not have to throw out my my pigs again because you're doing experiments." You know, <laughs> he's like, "If you do this, I'm going to be really pissed off." And he's like, "Don't worry, we're not throwing out the pigs." And he's he's on his way home. He's frustrated. He's like, "They're going to kill my pigs again." You know, and then he gets a phone call and he goes to reach for the phone and he hits this object and he goes back and he sees this as this deer. And he's like, ah, man, he checks his car or his truck to make sure there's no damage. He goes, what a crap day, you know, and then he walks away or like he drives away and you see the, the truck leave and then it pans back to this deer on the side of the road and you see it start to twitch and the body rolls and it goes back on like as its joints are re-clicking into place and it goes back onto it like its legs and it just has this like non-autonomous movement like or autonomous movement where it's not fully there but it is reanimated and it is such a clean animation from something being dead to where it shifts and its body starts to go back upright and its ligaments start to like they don't regrow but they just kind of get forced back into place and all of a sudden it's walking again and it gives you that feeling of like you were dead you're not supposed to be moving but you're moving now and the way you got up was really unsettling you're like that's a deer but it's also not yeah and something else the way they did that was just so so clean the way like when i saw it the first time i went back i watched it a second time the first time i watched the movie and i went back and watched it again i was like that's really smooth yeah it looked great like i don't know why other like zombie movies don't incorporate more movement like that but that was like so clean and it had a real deer to do it that's why yeah (laughs) it happens sometimes in like or happens not as drawn out but in minuscule effect on the train too when people get bitten like in the first outbreak when um one of the attendants gets 
bitten and he goes down in the chair and he twitches and he comes back up and he's a he looks totally different but it's that slight like reanimation where it's not it's not a real fast change it's faster than the deer changed but it's just this it's you know he's down and then all of a sudden the parasite or whatever it is takes over and it's reanimated and it's not this person that you knew before and it just like sometimes depending on where they're bit depends on how different they look so sometimes it looks like this person that you just knew you know it was like the only thing that's different is they're you know they have a slight discoloration in their skin but it's like that that reanimation is like you saw them die all of a sudden you see their muscles start to spasm spasm and they're back up yeah it's like that is like not only is that really good animation wise if this was a real life scenario that would be very unsettling to see oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the the thought detail they they put in behind everything like beside went from the deer turning to the people getting bit and them turning in like the subtle like it wasn't instant it didn't take two days but it it was an infection and you could see it spread from where they were bit mm. and there mm-hmm. was like a difference in where they were bit and the time it took for them to change yeah mm-hmm. that was cool because there was the first lady who was on the bus no, she, train. Got, she, she had got been like bit. the ankle or something yeah yeah on the ankle and it took like forever and then there's, you know, the main character gets bit in the hand. It takes a while. But then there's, like, the, um... If you got bit, like, the people that got bit in the neck, yeah. they were, like, turned instantly. Yeah, it was, like, five mm-hmm. seconds and they were turned. And yeah. then, like, yeah, the, the guy in the blue blazer got bit in the hand, and he had a subtle turning where he was still able to fight so people could, um, you know, escape. And then he turns. But he's still, like, you, he goes through that, like, change where he's, like, it goes to the halfway point of where he's, you know half human half zombie and he tries to snap himself out of it and still try and fight for these mm-hmm. people and then um spoiler when the coo gets bit in the hand and the the dad of the daughter confronts him about it he's like no i can't be i can't be bit that's impossible but he's he's starting you can tell he's starting to lose his thought process he's like he doesn't know where he is he's like i'm not sure where i am um can you help me i need to get home and then he's he in this like hopefulness of like this just lost hope and there's desperation he starts to inch towards the father and then you see when he like snaps and his eyes they go white and then he is completely turned and it's time for the father to fight for his daughter and the wife of the guy in the blue blazer you know what i just thought of that i didn't think of before but the uh the the protagonist the guy in the blue blazer and the COO all got bit in the hand, drawing a line between them. Interesting. As oh. if they are the same character. That is really Not cool. technically, but like metaphorically, no. yeah. Right. I mean it, like it gives it gives way to that process, right? Where it's like it's not it's a subtle thing. Yeah. Where like as the like for the father it was a subtle thing for his change as well. And it's like it's and further that. yeah. And furthermore, the hand is like symbolic of action. Yeah. Well the doing. hand you use your hands to do things, whether you're yeah. gonna be whether you're going to be a, a self-righteous person and help people and be a good person or whether you're going to be deceitful and screw people over and only work for yourself. Some of it's in your mind, but ultimately the action is taken from your hands. Mm-hmm. You get whatever's put in your hand. You know, whatever yeah. hand you draw, I could go on. But Yeah, it's a lot like, of metaphors you, you are going to go on. You go on <laughs> from there, you know. You can, either, you can either lay down your life for your family 
or throw a conductor to a zombie mm-hmm. metaphorically yeah yeah dang that's really cool yeah that's super i didn't cool. notice that yeah also another thing um a theme that's very very prevalent very very prevalent in this movie with that deer scene is don't don't be a distracted driver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't the zombie answer your phone. Would not have happened if he didn't reach for his phone. And furthermore, be better at grabbing <laughs> your phone. Like, dude was struggling to grab a phone yeah, two it's, feet. It's from maybe him. like <laughs> three feet when he's like. Well, I think it was a little farther because it looked like a bit, a little bit of like a. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it was an extended cab, but honestly, if you if you are driving and you throw your phone into the next seat, you should easily be able to grab it. It's not like a it's yeah, not like a super huge struggle. Yeah. Skill issue. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, don't be a distracted driver. That's bad. Yeah, you'll hit a deer. It'll mess up your day. Yeah, you'll cause a zombie outbreak. Yeah. That was, was like all me. His fault. I lit a CO2 cartridge off, and then COVID happened. So. Yeah. Now you got a scar for it. Yeah. Yeah. And COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the CGI was generally pretty good in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there were only a few parts where I, like, where I really noticed the cgi it was never bad but there were some parts where i was like yeah it's a little iffy but for the most part it was it was, I feel like it was a done lot of well the class breaks were a little bit yeah yeah and mm-hmm. there's the parts with like yeah the zombies falling through the glass and then some parts where there's groups of zombies you can tell it's cgi none of it's bad but you can definitely tell that yeah it's CGI. there were there were a couple spots that were rough but all in all i thought it was pretty good yeah and, like that's something i pay attention to because I pay attention to the technical aspect and the art side of movies more than the meaning, which is why I have you two <laughs> yeah. to, to ask me questions to make sure I'm, I'm paying attention to the movie and I'm getting deep in thought and then you guys can mm. give me insight and I can give you guys insight. So it's like from a from a, from that point where I'm just looking at it, I was like, it looks really nice. It has a good message. And, you know, there were a couple of things like the glass breaking and all that, but it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a zombie movie. Like you said, they did kind of embrace the fun of it being a zombie movie and they mm. threw some semi-absurd things that happened in there a little bit of cheese thrown in there yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it just kind of it just like kind of made running, the movie zombies are running and then they just like fly up and then you know like when they all clump together and then they oh yeah. yeah yeah that, that was one of the parts that the when cgi it, was like mm. when it goes like world war z everything and like there's just like this ball of mass and you're like how did they get up there and then there's the one part when Blue Blazer just lifts a zombie to the ceiling. Oh, it's like I love that part. It's so I absurd. thought that was insane. <laughs> like, I was like, that's a that's like a callback to like a superhero movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, I I knew that was like no way that happens. It's a human, you know. Yeah, it's like never gonna happen, but that's fun. I but like it's that. cool, you know. Yeah. I was like, I thought that was amazing. He's like, he throws him up, he falls down, and then they just walk over him, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think just the set pieces for this movie are really well done. Like the train. Yeah, train. Was yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like the 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 train stations, and they have that one shot overlooking the train station. You can see there's like the smoke and the fires, and the trains like turned over. It looks great. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially the part where after the train stopped and they're like in between the trains, they're outside of it, but they they're still confined. Yeah. Because they can't exactly run wherever well, they yeah, run. Yeah, they're in a train yeah. yard. There's trains to the left of them. There's trains to the right of them. They just have to find the right train. Mm-hmm. And even when the pregnant lady and the the kid get off the train, they're on a narrow bridge and then a tunnel. Mm-hmm. So at pretty much all points in the movie, the characters are confined. You're not left with places to hide at all. Yeah, there's nowhere to like run or train the zombies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, <laughs> oh train. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. modern ah, warfare zombies. Anybody? <laughs> 
Yeah. I also think the the acting was great in this. Well, like the CEO, for instance, like you hate his character. And that's because the guy does a great job at selling at the character. Being, yes, being the hated person, being someone to hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he was he was nominated or he won the uh, best supporting actor in 2017. Oh, well, he does a um, good. Yeah, and the the Blue Blazer guy was only nominated, unfortunately. Gotcha. But I mean, I mean him both win. So. It's a it's a lot easier to make a character be loved than to make a character be hated. So if you can so. if you can generally make a character that everybody likes, you've done a good job. But having this character. Where everyone's supposed to hate and everyone supposed does to hate. hate and then everybody does hate it right and it's like there's even that disassociation where it's like i don't think the person who played this per- this guy in this movie was bad like i don't i'm pretty sure he's a stand-up guy but when it comes to his role in this movie as that character i hate his guts yeah <laughs> the character sucks would not want to meet him in real life yeah yeah and i think the acting generally just across the board was good like even the the daughter of the protagonist for a child actor mm-hmm. i think she oh it was great and like i mean the the baseball team acted like they should when things happened you know the cheerleader panicked like you know as a high school kid would you know and then when things came to be and the one baseball team member that survived was with the blue blazer guy and the father you know he took orders and he you know stepped up as a man to do his job because he was one of the people you could kind of tell he was one of the people who saw that he needed to do the right thing mm-hmm. and so there's that development there where it's like yes he's acting like a person a kid his age should you know especially with in when they're in the train station and he sees his friends all get torn apart and the zombies and when they're wake, making their way through the train and they get to the car where his friends are and he's taken aback and he can't fight these people because they were his friends you know and so he takes up the rear and the father and the guy in the blue blazer they take you know they take charge but when it comes down to it and the father is going to die because the blue blazer guy's busy fighting and you know the father has this baseball bat and they're in this like struggle he picks up a bat and he knocks the zombie off this guy so he lives right so he steps up and takes that chance you know and you know it's risky He's putting himself mm. in danger, but the roles were were filled by all role. Like everybody there acted like they should be, and then the people who were going to step up that you thought would step up did. And so it's very like all the actors met the requirements they were supposed to, and they went above and beyond. The extras too did an exceptional job. A lot of extras. In this A movie. lot of extras. A lot of extras. Yeah. I feel like some of them were probably duplicated, but. I mean, probably, yeah. Probably. Yeah. But yeah. even still, they they did a great job. I doubt they were amateurs. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, this movie really liked to display that the uh, the contortioning of the bodies. Yep. Yeah. Would, like, stand up, they'd be like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because, like, they're, they're, they're animated in their animate, but they're not alive, right? So they, they don't have... It is an infection. It's a virus. They don't have full control over their body. But, oh, my goodness, can they run fast? They yep. can. They were booking it, especially were, after that train. I do they were like going though, fast. I do like that they do run fast because they're not like like people zombies that were buried. Yeah, because I yeah. feel like a lot of times there's like 
the buried zombie movies which have like the the flesh that's they, falling they off they can like and... run fast it's like no you're not gonna be able to run fast when you've you have no yeah muscle. it's like you're, <laughs> you're deteriorating how are you running fast yeah 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 i think it just adds that level of tension too they're like oh these these are kind of scary <laughs> as opposed to some corpse that's lumbering towards you at one mile an hour like you just walk around it <laughs> yeah that's a that's how i feel a lot about the walking dead there's so many parts where people die where if they would have just moved a little quicker they would have been fine yeah like, these zombies are practically crawling i, mean, I haven't yeah. i haven't watched a ton of the walking dead but it seems like all of them move at the set speed it's like they don't go any faster they don't go any slower yeah it's they're just kind of there and you should be able to estimate how much time you t- need to take to do something and it's like sure mm-hmm. if they all close in on you that's a problem but it doesn't look like they're moving very fast nope yeah i will say though um there were some definitely some disaster movie cliches oh, or yeah. these zombie movies yeah. like uh they're all standing um well they're coming down like the escalator um as they're trying to escape and yeah. then there's like all those soldiers that are zombies um and then they all just like stand there and then when something happens they're like oh and then they turn around and start running yeah they didn't yeah, start the loud running noise. until something happens yeah. yeah yeah and there's just them like just sitting there until oh my cue let me run now yeah <laughs> oh there's something let me go chase that oh yeah something i want to bring up that like, I don't know why it took me this long to remember this, but, like, since it's an infection and it's taking over their bodies and their eyes have, like, this cataracts, right? They can't see when it goes dark. That's a really cool detail. The zombies can, they're they're forced to go off of hearing when it's dark, and so they learned that once it's dark, they'll go off sound. So they use the tunnels that the trains are going through to their advantage. That's a really cool scene. Which is such scene. a cool scene, and it's re- it's a really neat aspect of like, they're they're zombies, but they don't have full use over their eyes, right? Because they're not quite there, and so once it's dark, they're kind of they kind of lose, um, lose all motivation. I don't understand how they go completely like docile per se. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, it kind of breaks down. Yeah. But it's it's a cool idea. Function. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think they would yeah. go completely docile. I think they would still, you know, be like, oh, there was somebody here a second ago. Just because it's dark, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's like you playing with your kid where you hide your face and they're like, oh, where'd mom and dad go? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think they would probably be able to figure it out. But like, I do think it's a cool little detail and a cool little twist where it's like, oh, once it's dark, they can't see you. Mm-hmm. Which is a nice twist on the horror genre. To where, like, usually the the uh, the monsters are the ones that thrive in the dark. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice twist that, like, the the normal characters are the yeah. ones that yeah. survive in the dark. And then when they use the luggage rail to get across that one train car, oh, such a good idea! It's so they cool. Use the what? The luggage rail where they keep the oh, where they keep yeah. the stuff, and then they 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 all went up on top of it because they they were you know they either had to book it or they had to figure out a way to make it. So they could be in there when it gets light out again. Hmm. Didn't they? Didn't they say though that the tunnel was going to be like two minutes? Yeah, it yeah. feel like it's more than two minutes, <laughs> especially like all of them getting up to it. Yeah, yeah. slowly working their. That would have been like take, ten minutes. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> that was a little bit weird, but like, I mean, another thing for like one of the cool ideas where it's like, oh, use the luggage rail, you know, because mm-hmm. it was like constantly like new problem new um new problem new solution new solution yeah 
Yeah. Problem like, solution, problem solution, yeah. I yeah. do like and, the, the whole thing with the ringtone. Where the guy's like, Oh, yeah. What a tacky ringtone. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. like, How do you change it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's cool. And I like how it was new pro- new problem, new solution, but they couldn't always get away from the problem. They had to face it head on sometimes. It was always in the middle, right where they needed to be. Yeah. Where, like, with. Um, with the Mission Impossible movie we saw, right? When there was a problem, they didn't always face it head on. They would go out the train car and go across the side, which is like, sure, you could have done that, but that doesn't make for an exciting an exciting zombie movie. Yeah. And it's not really all that practical. No, it's not. <laughs> Those are hard to climb on, especially when the train's going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So it's like, I, I appreciate that they made these characters have to develop that way by taking the task head on. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it almost it was yeah it was almost like a like a video game almost yeah it was like levels and stages that well, they I had kinda, to go yeah. through. Like when I was talking about how it was very like you know numerical and how they were going left to right and left to right, kind of thought of like Mario. Yeah, yeah, it's really like two D platform. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's like you, you can go you can go to the left or you can go to the right, but you got to go somewhere. Yeah. I think that, yeah, what the movie does great along with that is just this sense of progression, like you were saying, throughout the entire film, which goes along with the train, how, like, the feeling of constantly moving forward towards the front of the train. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, by the end, they're at the... I forget what the front of the train's called. But when they're at the end, and it's only in the front of the train at the end, that's showing that, that they're, they're at the end of their yeah. journey. Mm-hmm. It might just be called the engine. Because the caboose is the end. Yeah, yeah like the engine. Yeah. Well, they I call was... it the vestibule. They go in the vestibule. Do they? Yeah. I've never. Heard I, mean, that. I don't know what the <laughs> official name is. I just know that that's where the engine is. I know the caboose <laughs> is in the back. Well, they were in like the storage room. I mean, I'm not a locomotive expert, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I've never been on a train, so Hold on. we're gonna find yeah. this out. <laughs> I was going to be, and then it, you and weren't. And then it left 30 minutes early. Yeah. So. All right, well, I think that wraps up this movie. Yeah. Go watch it if you haven't. I don't know why you're still here if you haven't. Honestly, yeah. Silly you. Silly goose. Silly duck. Anyways, yeah, I love this movie. I think it's just really fun. Mm. Go watch it if you haven't. Obviously, you should have watched it by now. Um, Let us know your thoughts if you... um, Also, drop down a comment down below if you want us to review any movie that you have in mind. Mm-hmm. We'll consider your thoughts and accusations. So, yeah, yeah, this movie's great. Even if you don't really like zombie movies, you should check this one out. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like zombie movies all that much because most of them are trash. But I don't think I've seen a single zombie movie. No, I've seen one. This one. Well, <laughs> <odd>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, the bar is pretty low, and I think this movie well exceeded that. Yeah. So yeah, next week watch Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Oh, yeah. We'll be Mel- breaking that sucker Heck down. Yeah. Melon. It's Melon? going to be fun. Marlin. 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 Yeah. Grief. Melon. <laughs> Melon. <laughs> Watermelon. Melon the fish. Fish are friends, not food. See you next Sharks week. Ooh, ha. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.